welcome to the Be Kind Podcast with your host, Joe Kirkner, presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania. Welcome you to the Be Kind Podcast, part of the Animal Advocates' mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures, whether they are at Winterfest, Springfest, Summerfest, or, like us today, at Fallfest, at Peace Will Follow. All animals deserve to be loved, and all animals will be loved, thanks to some of the hard work that people are doing. Like Some people like Andy out there doing amazing work to help all the animals. So Andy is the founder and one of the people who run Peace Will Follow Farmed Animal Sanctuary out here in York County, Pennsylvania. Now, pass the mic on over to him so he can give us a little info about his vegan journey and we can go from there. Yeah, it's been an amazing uh, last uh, 18 months. You know, our journey really started out a couple of years ago when our neighbor was acquiring animals from auction, you know, super cheap, bringing them to his, his yard and you know, wasn't really taking care of them and actually had to leave. I think he immediately had, must have lost his job and they left and they had animals that were outside in the winter cold. So we immediately sprung into action and grabbed what we can. I mean, there was a pig, there was a, there was a bird, there was a parakeet, we had bunnies, um, there were some deceased animals and we just adjusted. Um, we found someone to take care of the pig. We couldn't take that, uh, that animal on, it was too big of a time. But that kind of started things. Uh, we started getting our bunnies and chickens at that time. And then when we left that property, this property was on the market and it had the infrastructure already in place for us to take on. Uh, there was already goat stalls, there was already um, chicken coop. So we're like, ooh, this is it's calling to us, right? We had to go ahead and expand um, and take the next step. Um, and that, when we, when we did that about a couple of years ago, and we said, we want to start the nonprofit organization. We had to go through the aspects of it and really become a lot more disciplined. We were probably casual vegan at the time, but now we're, we're, we're strictly vegan here. And it's been a, an amazing journey on that regard. Uh, just learning how to do that when I used to eat meat. I mean, I, as of two years ago, I mean, I was chicken wings was my number one thing I used to eat, but now I, I adjusted and I, you know, I, was became more sensitive to the environment and that's not necessary i didn't need it you know that my wife sam she's really the the pioneer here of this journey uh, i'm just the right hand man kind of helping out she's helped me out a ton and now we're here now we're here at fall fest um this past year has been uh, a whirlwind of us adding animals we have about 55 animals here at the property now mostly small fowl so chickens and bantam roosters just got them, helped out some people a couple days ago on those, a dove, random items, bunnies, aspects that we can help out. And looking to expand and help out any animals that we can that are in need. So you weren't vegan until you started caring for farmed animals then? Uh, yeah, I mean, my wife has always been vegetarian. Uh, I mean, she never really ate meat. I predominantly was a meat eater until I kind of said, hey, I'm gonna do this. This is the right move. I'm not, I like to cook, so I was like, let's do it, let's try this. And I said, you know what, I don't really need this. Like I don't really need, especially the meat stuff, that hasn't really been, even the chicken wings has been something that I really do, uh, at something at the time loved, but it's not really been a calling for me right now. The cheese, <laughs> a little bit harder for me, for those uh, in terms of wanting to have, you know, that cheese pizza, but the products have gotten better, right? So now I'm going out to the stores and that's been huge. Having the availability of good vegan products available at the grocery store now, which I don't think was as, as prevalent five years ago, has really been a, helpful for me to be able to get what I need to, to cook what I need at the house, which has made it easier, 
which makes it easier to completely adopt. It's so interesting how you almost skipped a step instead of going vegan and then starting something like this, you reversed that. And so how was that mindset for you sh shifting like that? Or was it? It was, I mean, I mean, it, it was certainly a mindset of, I mean, we had a dog at the house and now we are taking care of different animals. So when we got our first chickens, they were in a small coop, the typical coops you might see at a tractor supply. And then we're like, this is too small. We need something bigger. So we built our own expansion module. And then I had to move that around the property like on a daily basis. So I think it, I ended up taking on that discipline of taking care of the animal. And then that led me to believe saying like, I can't go to the store now and go buy chicken. I'm taking care of these animals, which I love. We love, um, they have personalities. And how can I take care of these chickens here, but then go buy chicken breast at the store? That didn't compute. So it didn't accept that conflict. I mean, so basically taking care of animals that couldn't take care for themselves, being kind and loving to those animals, then caused a conflict with me saying, I can't go buy this stuff anymore, right? So then it was, all right, let's jump forward. We can do this, let's look online. Let's see what we can get from VegCo and all these other uh, brands out there to do for, and you know, it's a sense of community too. So there's more, there's a lot more people who are doing it now. So you don't feel like you're alone. So you join with a group like yourself with Animal Advocates of South Central PA and, and you meet great people who've volunteered and helped us out. It's really been an awesome growth journey for us to continue to, to network, meet amazing people who share the same values, who just want to take care of the environment, take care of, of of uh, Mother Earth uh, because she'll take care of us if we take care of her, right? So, And something that comes up time and time again on this show is a great way to convert people towards veganism is to have them hang out with awesome vegans. And you just added a new one where a great way to get people to become vegan is have them hang out with awesome animals. So I think having that connection and that personal relationship with these non-human animals is a great way to really give you some perspective and help you lead that more compassionate right. lifestyle. Yeah, and, and that's another of, you know, Peace Will Follow is about trying to obviously reduce the amount of the animal industry, right? The, the impact that it has on the, on the world and taking care of those marginalized animals that might just get euthanized and giving an opportunity for, for people to chew, spend more time with them. I think that's key is that you spend the more time that you spend, you get to know them and it changes your mindset. Oftentimes I think if people only spend 20 minutes every year, it's kind of like a petting zoo and that you don't, you can't make a connection like that if you think that you can just do it for 20 minutes. So, but if you go ahead and take care of them and, and they come up to you and they communicate with you, you see that, you know, they're the chickens and the, and the bunnies and any of the small animals are just as complex and loving and human as, as our beloved dogs and cats. Um, so we need to expand that, right? Dogs and cats seem to be on that higher tier. And we, I don't know why with chicken and uh, beef or, or whatever, we, we, we seem to not have them at the same level, which is what we're trying to do. How did your friends and family react when they start finding out about <laughs> your dramatic lifestyle change? Oh, you know what? I think that, you know, it could come holiday time for the family, right? So Thanksgiving is challenge, right? So we invite people over here, but we're like, hey, we're going to have a vegan, we're going to have a vegan Thanksgiving. And, you know, sometimes family members are, for the most part, are very supportive, but you know, they may want it to have that meat. And so that can cause a little bit of a, of a tightrope to walk, but they've been great. You know, we've been getting a lot of great support from both sides of our family on this and friends too. Um, haven't gotten any of my friends yet to convert over to, to, to ask questions about it, but um, that'll come over time. 
like the way you said yet. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully they will ask more questions, right? Be more curious about like what we're doing here, right? And then once that, once they do that, we can then introduce them to, I mean, we had a family gathering and we had the Beyond Meat burgers. The, the, you know, I love tasting a vegan item that tastes really good. So the Beyond Meat backyard cookout burgers, I, I thought they were the best. So, you know, when we handed them out, we didn't say anything and everyone said it was just fine, right? So that hopefully that opens up a little door for someone to say, you know what? Do I really need to go and buy the actual ground beef? Can I go and do an alternative? Yeah, it's, a vegan is sometimes tempting to only hang out with other vegans and stay in those circles, but I think that's almost doing a disservice to everyone else by not having them exposed to awesome vegans like you who can see that as a very viable yeah. way to live and you're a normal person who just happens to have a vegan lifestyle yeah. and a farmed animal sanctuary, which maybe isn't as normal. But. No, well, it's, it's, a, it's a good conversation starter. And, um, but yeah, getting, having people try more vegan foods, alternatives, giving out more sample menus and like, you know, what our go-tos are, right? It's for us, it's, it's spaghetti marinara. It is going to be baked potatoes. It's going to be French fries, you know, some vegan burgers. Like there's some things that you can do that are standard fare, but you got to be prepared though. So it is something you can't always wing it, right? Or you're really going to be, you know, not going to have the most freshest meal. You got to have good vegetables, right? So that's a good thing where we can partner up with local co-ops and how do you find the fresh vegetables? Cause uh, that helps really make the meal pop. And getting back to the farmed animal sanctuary, because we are at your farmed animal sanctuary yes, right now. Yes. What does a day in the life of someone who runs, I think this is a fairly established farmed animal sanctuary, but it seems like one that is a viable thing for some people to do if they have some more property and something yeah. to look into. So someone who's maybe thinking about, maybe I would want to do this. What would a typical day for someone who has a few dozen non-human animals like birds and chickens at their property look like? Right. So. If you have a little bit of acreage, and our property is a primary residential and five acres, really have four acres to work with in the back, which gives us the space. But if you had an acre or two, that would still give you enough room that you could do a small chicken coop in the back. The day in the life is really, I mean, it started out spending about 20 minutes in the morning and then 10, 15 minutes at night, you know, changing out the water or cleaning out the water, putting fresh water out, fresh food, give fresh snacks, right? So if we can give watermelon or papaya or any other type of fresh treat for them. I mean, we actually take the chickens from the eggs. This is something that usually comes up that they're like, really? We don't eat our own eggs. We steam them up. We smash them up and we feed them right back to the chickens again. They love it, they eat it right up, it gives them the protein and the energy that they need to produce more and we feel like that allows us to continue that cycle. So if you have ducks, we have duck ponds, so we have to empty those. So now it's about an hour, hour, I mean with my wife and myself doing it, it's about an hour, maybe if we're doing one, if my wife has to go to an early meeting, we both have full-time jobs. So that might take me an hour and a half to get that done. So we are up at 5.45 because I have to drive my kids into school, which takes about an hour. So it, it, you got to be an early riser. You got to have a high energy level to do it. But it all comes down to how many animals you want to take care of. Some are easy, some are more self-maintaining than others. The goats themselves are, we, we are boarding two goats here right now. Um, their maintenance sometimes requires us to do hoof work. And, and that's like a once a month setup type aspect. And so I would say if anyone wants to learn more, we're happy to, to share our story and help someone saying, hey, I want to do this. I would prepare that you got to get up early in the morning and in the evening, probably about an hour a day, maybe on the weekends, a couple, two, three hours to maintain uh, anything that you need to do, clean out the stalls, 
clean out the coops and do any projects you need to do if things break or you know we're always cutting down trees in the property so we really do a ton of work on the weekend here but we love it so it's passion can you tell us a little bit about some of the animals you have on your property their names and what they're like oh. any cool stories you have oh cool stories and some of the animals so we can start off like the, the two largest animals we have are daisy and oreo they're our goats that we are boarding for a friend who was transitioning properties so they were leaving a property that had the stall and the area for them to live but they were moving so they're like what should we do well we said hey we can help out we'll take care of them um, did that last year. The new the owners moving into their new property, building their new coop. Should be happening in the next two or three months and they'll be transitioning out, which will be sad, but we'll be on the lookout for someone new. But Daisy and Oreo are awesome. Daisy is the mother and Oreo is the daughter. And actually, so Oreo is like double the size of Daisy. So it's kind of funny to see like, hey, this is tiny little mom and this big daughter, uh, but they're super sweet. They love raspberry bushes. We like to take them for walks if we can. They like to play. They do a little dance when they get their food every night. They're super sweet and we love, love having them on the property. Then we have about 13 to 14 chickens. We have, our, we have our roosters separated out. So we have our roosters in our rooster area because they're getting a conflict and constantly mounting the, the hens and the, the hens' feathers will come out. So we try to, you know, Peaceful Fall is really about quality of life. So we're not, we're not taking in as, you know, hundreds and hundreds of animals. We really want to give them a plenty of room, happiness. That's what we're trying to do. So we separated out our roosters. We built out a run at the bottom for them. Uh, the roosters are awesome. We got some, the Bantam roosters are like miniature versions of our roosters. So it's like they got zapped with a little shrink ray and their voices are tinier and it's super cute. They're awesome. Our ducks are great. They're, the, they're so cool just in terms of what they do you know how they they love getting into the ground with mud and water and they and they like sift it out with their with their beaks and they love swimming like watching them bathe in the water is the best it's great it's a, it pays you back every day just watching them when you give them fresh water and you let them clean themselves that's awesome we have frank and lizzie and i my wife would be able to uh go ahead and give more of the ducks names we those came in the last couple of months we have the golden girls which are four five chickens that are awesome like somehow they are they love being around humans you, they you can pick them up and hold them they like to be held some chickens don't like to be held so you kind of figure out which ones want the human contact which ones don't and we have blueberry muffin and we have all these different names that we give them if they are struggling we will pull them out put them into a little separate little condo condo coop we have like five small coops around our larger coop pull them out, give them TLC, give them time to recuperate if they're having any issues. And then the bunnies, one's ninja, parkour, mama and papa, avocado, fluffy avocado, a lot of crazy names, but the, the, we groom them, that takes time. We have a dove that we call Elvis, who flies around the bunny room and he's awesome. So it's been, that's been a very neat journey is finding out who my wife, who gets on social media, gets these requests, and it's for me it's like okay what, so so what's coming in <laughs> right okay what's that what's the challenge with with this animal or or what's unique about that and so it's, it's very exciting to, as we continue to grow the variety of animals here yeah it's great to hear you talk about the animals as individuals with feelings and personalities because i think people who say that a lot where they think about these giant factories or what's on their plate and what they're wearing and all those and they don't realize that you see it firsthand that those are individuals with feelings, thoughts, personalities, and everyone just takes that for granted. But someone like you who's in the thick of it every day 
and you do a great service by having events like this to have people come out and see that for themselves. Maybe next time they're at the store and they're looking to what they want to have for lunch, they'll go towards the plant-based options instead because now they know that that packaged chicken flesh over here was one of the chickens similar to one of the chickens you have at your property. That's the goal. And so we need, when I say volunteers, we come and spend time, right? Come and, and learn and, and feel that energy, not, you know, that, you know, to be, you know, that love, right? So then you're able to expand upon that. It'll give you the strength to want to make that move. And again, there are so many items out there now. People have done it. You're not recreating the wheel. Recipes, items, products, they're all, I mean, this is coming from somebody who's a foodie. I have not felt a big drop off in going vegan on terms of the alternatives. So I, I feel like it's possible, it's doable. It's just, we need to get out there and evangelize and let people try it in, a, in an environment that feels very casual. You know, I'm a regular dude. I'm a huge Eagles fan. I work hard at my job. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just a normal person and I want you to feel like you're not, some people might think, oh, it's super leftist or like radical. No, just normal. So hopefully people who hear this, see this, will come visit and um, feel connection and uh, make a lifestyle change and they'll feel better about themselves. Your body will feel better for doing it and it expands to how you treat people on a day-to-day -day basis, right? It's, you know, take care of the littlest ones on your day-to-day on -day and it'll expand to how you take care of your friends, families, coworkers, and people that you deal with in, in this environment that we're in right now, right? It, it, taking, being kind to your neighbor seems to be a struggle for a lot of people. We're, this is just one part of something so much bigger. And we'll put links in the show notes to how to get a hold of you and learn more yeah, about Peace sure. Will Follow. And if there's one thing that anyone can do today to help you out, what could that be? I would probably be to be a Patreon member, a monthly sponsorship. Five bucks, 10 bucks a month would go a long way. I'm really, really just looking for the small amounts. You can end up sponsoring uh, an animal. You can name the animal, come visit. That would probably be the biggest thing as we continue to look to expand in terms of our capacity to take in more animals. I know that some other local sanctuaries are at capacity. So we're starting already, which is wonderful that we're getting the requests from those other sanctuaries that are maxed out that we have space. So as we continue to do that, that means more funds are needed. So it's really going to be Doing the small thing, a small Patreon membership will be would be awesome. Not asking for huge dollar amounts, just just a little bit. Well, he will take those huge dollar yeah, amounts. We will, we will. You never know what you can do, right, with your capacity and and networking to, to see what we can do, how we can help. Yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of us and ask some questions to Be Kind Podcast crew, you can just email us at bekindpodcast at gmail.com. But thank you so much, Andy, for your time today hosting this event, and we're gonna have a great rest of the afternoon. Thank you. Bye. Podcast presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania.